<clears throat> it is good to see each of you this morning. We have a wonderful crowd this morning. It's good to see Brother J.C. with us. We have several visitors, and we're honored by your presence, and we would invite you to come and be with us at any opportunity that you have. Each of us here today have an intimate knowledge with the loss of loved ones, those who we love, to the experience that we know is life. We have sat in funerals and, and many of us recently listening to the history of those who we love. Now I've often heard this history called the story of life. And I believe that. It is a story. It's not a fairy tale story that we may think of when we hear that word story. But it is nonetheless a story, and I believe that those stories comfort us. When we hear about the things of those who we love, who perhaps have gone on before us, or maybe those who we have been separated from by miles or time, or whatever the case may be, we hear those stories, and I think that it comforts us. It brings us joy. We, we think about those people, and, and we can in some sense kind of escape the present turmoil and, and just for at least a few moments allow fond memory to bring us happiness. We just sang a song that speaks of the greatest story of all time. And that's Christ's story. It's His history. It's a story. It's a life. It's His account or whatever we may want to, however we may want to describe it. But His story is different from ours in that our stories comfort those who are on time side of eternity when we are gone. But Christ's story will comfort us in eternity. And He's the only one that can do that. What is the story? We're talking about the story of Christ. What exactly is that story? The story of Jesus begins with the knowledge that He came into this world and He came into it for a reason. Let's read verse 1 of song number 249. Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell how the angels in chorus sang as they welcomed His birth Glory to God in the highest, peace and good tidings to earth. In the, prologue, in the prologue to his gospel, John introduced another man named John, and this John came to bring the story that the Savior lived. There was a Savior. He had come to earth. He was, he was on His mission. And this man John was sent by God, John 1 verse 6. And He was sent to bear witness to the light, to Jesus Christ Himself, so that others might believe. That was His purpose. He wanted people to understand that Jesus had come. He was among them. He was living. And this other John was John the baptizer. The one who was sent by God to prepare the way for Christ. To get the people ready. Notice what... John says in John 1, 19-23, And this is the record of John talking about the baptizer when the Jews sent priests and Levites 
from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not. But he confessed this, I am not the Christ. And then they asked him, What then? Are you Elias? He said, I am not. He said, Are you the prophet? The prophet. He answered, No. They said unto him, Who are you? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah, John 1, 19-23. John the baptizer witnessed and was a witness that Christ lived. But he wasn't the only one to bear him witness, was he? Jesus Christ is perhaps, and, and no doubt in my mind, the most written about human that has ever lived. There is more evidence that this man lived than we could even talk about in one day. Yet people will deny him. But the Apostle John stated clearly that he was a witness of this man, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, John 1.14. The events that happened on the Mount of Transfiguration, and that's what John's talking about, made an impact on that man. They were so powerful that he mentioned it twice in his writings. The one read for us just a few moments ago, and then he also wrote about it recorded in 1 John 1, 1-4. He said, "...that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifest unto us. That which we have seen, and heard, and declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us and Truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. 1 John 1, 1 through 1-4. That impacted that man, but there was another man that was on that mountain with John. His name was Peter. He was an apostle of God. He wrote this, he said, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice from Him, to Him from the excellent glory. This is My beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with Him in the Holy Mount. 2 Peter 1, 16-18. Look, we have witnesses that Christ came and He lived. That was the purpose for John. These other men testified to that. We sing about Christ coming to live among us. He came, He lived, but He not only lived, this man endured. Let's read verse 2 of song number 249. Fasting alone in the desert, tell of the days that are past, how for our sins He was tempted, yet was triumphant at last. Tell of the years of his labor. Tell of the sorrow he bore. He was despised and afflicted, homeless, rejected, and poor. Our Lord came to earth, and He endured. 
The prophet Isaiah was another witness of the coming of the Savior. He prophesied about his enduring trials and temptations of this world. The great prophet preached. He said, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Isaiah 53, 1-7 As Jesus walked among the people, they heard His message, but they wouldn't listen. They rejected Him. They didn't want to have anything about them that He said. He said Himself, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. Matthew thirteen fifty seven. As a man, It must have been difficult for our Lord to preach the message of life only to be ignored and mocked and resisted. That had to have been very frustrating for Him, yet He never lashed out in anger, not a sinful anger. He controlled Himself. But wasn't that one of the reasons He came? He came to suffer the trials of humanity so He could stand beside us and say, I understand. He can stand before our Father with us and say, I understand what He went... I paid His price. I lived the way that He or she lived. That was one of the reasons. We know that He endured all the attacks of Satan. Matthew 4, 1-11. through And not one time did He fail the Father. Not one time did He give in to what Satan wanted Him to do. Peter said, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow His steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in His mouth, who when He was reviled, reviled not again, when He suffered, He threatened not, but committed Himself to Him that judgeth righteously, who His own self bare our sins in His own body on the tree." that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed? For you were a sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. 1 Peter 2, 21-25 We sing a song that teaches us that Jesus came, that He lived, that He endured, but we sing a song that tells us that He suffered. Let's read verse 3. Of our song. Tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in anguish and pain. Tell of the grave where they laid him. Tell how he liveth again. Love in that story so tender, clearer than ever I see. Stay, let me weep while you whisper. Love paid the ransom for me. The great prophet Isaiah continued his sermon, saying, He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare His generation? For He was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of My people was He stricken. And He made His grave with the wicked and with the rich in His death, because He had done no violence, neither was any deceit 
in his mouth. Isaiah 53, 8 through 9. Our song says that love paid the ransom for me. Jesus said, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down myself. He said, I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father, John 10, 17-18. The nails didn't keep Him on the cross. The song is correct. Love paid the ransom for me. The, love, the Father loved Him because of His great obedience, and He loves us because He is the one who gave us life. Hebrews 1, 1-3. Jesus taught this. He said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for his friends. John 15, 12 through 13. There's not a greater love known to man than to give yourself for a friend. We expect to give ourselves for our children, don't we? That's not something out of the ordinary. It would be out of the ordinary for a parent not to give his or her life for a child. But the greatest love that we can know in this world is for a friend to lay down his life for someone else. That's what Christ did. And he suffered when he laid down his life for us. And we do believe what we sing, don't we? We believe that he came and that he lived, that he endured, that he suffered. I believe that love paid the ransom for me. But how do I demonstrate that? How do I show that I believe that? Jesus followed His statement with this. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. John fifteen, fourteen. What is the story? The story is that Jesus came. But there's another part to this story. Jesus also comforted. Brother Carl.